0: It's the Fabulous D Show, and tonight I talk to Atta Selina, Singer, songwriter, and poet Atta Selina, welcome to the, tonight's Fabulous D Show. How are you?
1: I'm very good, thank you, and how are you? I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. <laughs> of course you are. Of course I am.
0: I have to tell you, I was really looking forward to this.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you, me also.
0: I'm not sure why, but you just seem like such a very open and interesting individual from what I've seen so far.
1: Uh, Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you think
0: that about yourself?
1: I think that, yeah, I guess I I do. I think that's probably, I'm interested in the world, so Mm -hmm. I suppose that would make me more interesting than if I wasn't interested interested in anything. <laughs> I'm mean, interested in a lot of things.
0: Because we all know that I think I'm fabulous. So I always wonder if others, you know, think that of themselves or know their interesting value, I should say.
1: Well, actually, that's one of the things that I definitely uh, like about your expression is that uh, you are unabashed, you know, very...
0: Unabashed. I like unabashed. I'll have to add that to my, my resume. My bio. Yes. <laughs> I love that word.
1: I like it too. I think Absolutely. it's a good word.
0: So you've just been going through lots of transformations lately, and, and I was listening to a lot of your work prior to the show, and you've just got these haunting vocals. Some have compared to Annie Lennox, of whom I love, so that might be my, my equal love for you there. And your music. Oh, look,
1: I'll take that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's who, some good love.
0: <laughs> who, who are some of your um, inspirations as far as, how, how did you get into singing and music?
1: Oh, okay. Well, that started really young. I was, um, I think I always liked to sing, even before I knew that was something people did specifically. And then I started uh, piano when I was six, and I was just really, I was really into it. <laughs> I was really into music. And um, my dad uh, did a lot of classical music. He was really into classical, so I grew up um, listening to a lot of composers and going to concerts and performing classical music. And then, in um, when I got a little older, I was uh, I did choir in school and uh, competed a bit in the L.A. school district, singing like opera and musical type stuff. Wow. Um, so that definitely really influenced me, and um, my grandfather was also a musician, a drummer, and a singer. So there's a lot of just music in the family. Um,
0: and you have a lot of, of artistic interests, photography as well, as I understand it?
1: Yes, that's very true. I, um, I spent a lot of time doing photography, uh, kind of by accident. Um, I just kept doing it, <laughs> and so it just kept going, and I ended up being able to have a pretty good career in photography for a while. That um, uh, was a great experience. Really, uh, did a lot of fine art uh, as well, and um, so you, yeah, you, I really so enjoy it.
0: You came from a very artistic family, then very, very open parents, grandparents.
1: Yes, I have a very uh, more connection. I had not so much interaction with my grandparents, mm. but um uh, my parents, my mother and father are very artistic people and definitely grew up with that. My dad uh liked to do photography, had nice cameras when I was a kid and did stained glass and likes to design houses. He's builds houses whenever wow. he can. Wow. And then my mom was uh, a <laughs> Uh, loves to do painting and mixed media and she's also an acupuncturist so there's a lot of uh, different philosophy growing up with Taoism and Buddhism and just exposed to a really broad culture. I grew up in Los Angeles yeah with very broad parents and so I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of people art. It was all really the same to me so I didn't took me a longer to understand art or music as a profession, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's it's always just part of my reality. Um, I think it's been harder for me to understand how that translates into the commercial world maybe than for some other people. I'm not sure.
0: What what do you think of the uh, commercial world and art (laughs) these days?
1: Wow, that's a really good (laughs) subject. (laughs) Isn't it, though? (laughs) Let me think if I can come up with something totally pithy and like brilliant like right now. I think it's just it's about the same as everything is. Um it's got mm-hmm. some really remarkable things about it in terms of technology and then it's also got some serious disturbing qualities um because of essentially commercialism because of a lack of Meaningful culture. Yeah, I've I've been having
0: trouble with uh, really wrapping my brain around uh, the world right now, and <laughs> and as I grow, you know, I've I've done this for so long, and and art and you know radio interviews, all that. It's just very difficult to see where the world is going. Do you have the same? angst, or do you have an understanding of of it?
1: I think I I have a little bit of both. I've spent a lot of time observing and contemplating the state of things. And so, I do think that, I I don't know that I, I can't say I know the future, but I do have a sense of resolution, I suppose, because I feel that I have already come to some sort of sense of peace about it, um, or surrender uh, to the direction that we're going in, which I do think is pretty extreme. Where are um, we so going? I ha- <laughs> Well, our, our levels, we're, we're, we're headed towards some interesting choices. We have, po- we have really have polluted the earth beyond any kind of reasonable comprehension. <laughs> I don't think people can comprehend what we've done. I think that's part of why there's such a lack of awareness.
0: That is so well put. The unreasonable (laughs) comprehension. Uh, I I just need to start writing these things down. That is, and that's (laughs) probably why, you know, it's just a very odd place for me right now. So there's just so many topics. And that's why, as I even getting ready for this interview, it's like, there's so many things that I could say, and so many things that I could ask. Because yeah. you do seem very um, connected, or at least, you know, at peace with things. And, mm. and I am very not at peace with things.
1: Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, understandable. It's not a very peaceful reality. It's not. It's um, not. You have to make your own peace, <laughs> I guess.
0: You really do. And you're currently in Northern California, which seems very peaceful.
1: Yes, that was kind of the whole point in coming up here was that it is a very peaceful place relative to a lot of other places and we are growing peppers and food which is really nice. That's awesome. So That's awesome. yeah. It's uh it helps keeps keeps us a little bit um separated from some of uh, the chaos that's going on all the time, which I think I we do recommend need a lot garden. Of, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, if you can get any kind of garden, anywhere, any kind of garden helps, and that yeah. peace and tranquility and separation is a good deal. Um, do you yeah. find uh, kind of assaulted by social media these days, as far as uh, assaulting your reality or your space?
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I do. Um, I re- again, similar thing. I really appreciate it. Yeah in uh, so many ways. Um, but it's also uh, challenging sometimes to carve out your own psychological space from it. Because so like, I think it's yeah. addicting, definitely. Oh, it's
0: very addicting. And I feel like <laughs> that's the same thing. Love-hate, because I don't know if we would be, period, be where we are if it wasn't for where the Internet has taken us. Um, mm-hmm. Did that play a, a huge role in your... Music and and coming to where you are as far as uh, professionally in in your career?
1: When I I had been really just doing uh, photography a lot, and I had been definitely doing music more on the side, and when I decided to start flipping that the other way, um, social media was definitely in full swing at that point. Mm -hmm. So um, from the very beginning of like forming the Seraphim Rising, which was... Back in two thousand eight, yeah, it was all it was all about. It seemed like that's all I did was build these profiles, you know. (laughs) It was just like one profile after another, trying to understand how to use it, and it was definitely took a fair amount of energy. Um, But it does; it has connected me to all kinds of people and and experiences that just would not. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what my path would have randomly been if I wasn't connected to people all over the world yeah, um, that's, that's who know things the, that I don't
0: terrifying part of it we, we, we needed this, <laughs> we definitely needed this to, you know, become all that we are and, and kind of overcome all that is and we first, I first found you with Seraphim Rising and uh, you formed that in 08 as you said and we found you through 4Culture which is yeah. fabulous so tell me about Seraphim Rising.
1: Whew, okay. Um,
0: <laughs> I know, big questions. <laughs> they
1: are big questions, they're good. It's <laughs> uh, Seraphim Rising was a really um, amazing uh, process um, that was kind of a natural occurrence. Um, I, I guess I can sum it up by saying it was really a, a very authentic experience um, because it really grew out of um, kind of a sp- strong personal reaction to my reality rather than a, a goal, a particular goal to make a particular kind of band or a particular kind of music or fit into any. There was no clear direction, and yet there was a very strong um, influence. So. I don't know how it, so there was focus. I'm not trying right. to say there wasn't focus, but it was just very non-specific. I could say.
0: Because prior to that you were kind of solo or was this the first band that you actually formed as far as you know the name and yeah. everything like that? Yeah. So it came about I, quite organically.
1: Yes. I have been, like I said, doing music in some form my entire life <clears throat> just myself and doing various things. I'd been in other bands and um, done, a, you know, been in a, a small punk band for a while. I done played keyboards in like a classic rock band when I was younger, um, which actually does kind of. Uh, the bass player of this band that I was in when I was seventeen is who I formed the Seraphim Rising with, and um, that was kind of a, a very important point in my life cuz that's where I, when i met my husband who is now my husband who we've been together for a very long time was at that same cuz kind of that band was the reason i mm. met him And so that's been a huge influence on my life, of course. Our relationship is kind of the main focus of my whole reality. So um, the bass player of that band, we ended up reconnecting many years later and forming this project together. So it had this pretty deep history. And my husband and I had just been really (laughs) kind of similar to what you're talking about. We were at a point where we were just not at peace, not happy with the reality that we were in we felt like we were really missing um it was the bush years Mm. uh getting we were all our all our favorite bands from europe had stopped coming over and (laughs) it was we were kind of depressed about music and we lived in this small town where mostly it was kind of just regular it was good there's good musicians really good musicians but the kind of music was just traditional kind of rock Mm. bar band kind of thing and no alternative scenes. So I was watching uh, videos of Punish Yourself performing live in France one day. And I just, lo- their performance was so full of energy and the crowd just was so into it. And I just wanted to feel like that. So I started a band. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ta
0: da. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, is- and I remember in, in the article in For Culture, it seemed like, you know, you were both. Like, terrified, but, you know, you, you felt like you had to do this. It, it had to happen. Yeah.
1: yeah, it really did. I felt very pushed into it. It was just, I've had it, you know, that that tipping point where you're just mm-hmm. like, that's it. If, you know, I have to make something happen, I can't just put up with this as it is any longer. So, um, yeah, had to make something happen here and and, i mean there's a lot of alternative culture in california and yet not as much as you think it's a really big state there's like 20 million people here you'd think we could have more of our own scene happening just in california it's so hard to it's amazingly limited for how many people there are um in terms of an alternative scene we're like our own country we should have as big a scene as france or italy you know or england for that matter so yeah, I was pretty pissed off about that, and I still, I wanted to do something about it. So. Yeah. and you did, and and do you feel?
0: I mean, you you do a lot of live, uh, you know, shows. As far as I see, I mean, you, you're out there. You you don't just record here in the digital world. You're on stage, right?
1: right? Yeah. Yes, I had to take us a, a break last year because of some health stuff. Yeah. Um, I was pretty worn out. My back was giving me a lot of trouble. So I did have to take some time off, which really sucked because I was used to getting out there. Um, but now I'm getting out there again, which is very exciting. And uh, my first show is opening for the Thrill Kill Cult in uh-huh. San Jose wow. next month. So I'm awesome. totally stoked on that. For anybody who loves industrial like I do, um, they would shocking. understand. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not much of a live, live person out there, but, but your shows look really good. And you have that voice that just that, I don't know, you have so, something very haunting and raw about you on stage. So, you know, I think I'd enjoy that. I think a lot of people would.
1: I I think you would too. I think um, that is part of the Seraphim Rising, you know, in, in uh, the town of Ohio that we lived in, uh, people just you know, pretty dressed down going out. And, um, that was the other thing about the band was we wanted to bring back a sense of a real theatrical stage show, taking it really seriously, not just showing up in jeans and t-shirts and that whole thing. Um, so bringing in more of that Gothic, um, intensity and encouraging other people who wanted to do that, to feel like they could go out and be dressed up, um, so that was a lot of fun. And I think it does make, you know, make a night something a little more special, you know.
0: Much more special than jeans and a t-shirt. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so Seraphim Rising, it kind of, it, it it is done? You have moved on? Is that, you've transitioned out of, or...
1: Uh, transitioned out of, I think, is more appropriate because even though yes, uh, we, I've dropped the Seraphim Rising name and using my name, it's still a, a real continuation mm-hmm. of the of that project and that vision. So, um, are you still with uh, that
0: band of of people? Is this is the same or not? No, no. that
1: is okay. definitely different. Okay. So that's part of why I dropped the name is that the band has completely changed in terms of membership. Um, that was kind of always understood within the band that that would happen, right. though, mm-hmm. because um, pretty there was kind of a knowing in the band that there was a point where some of the players were not going to take, you know, keep going further down the road. You know, right. it's kind of like this project is like a unending an journey, and different people will be part of it at different times, be- depending on what their lives are like. So as it should uh, be. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like those players could totally re-enter at some point down the road. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's all up for grabs in, in that sense, um, which I like, I like to be able to collaborate with a lot of different people. And um, also, because of that, it seemed just less confusing to, to make it just my name and, and be kind of the main person being that I write the songs. So it's, you know, it is my story. Um and uh the seraphim rising it did seem nice to mark that as a very specific phase in the project, and um it was the birthing, so to speak, <laughs>
0: <laughs> perfect, which does kind of tie in with your name, Ada Selina. We were talking before we started recording, you know that it's a, a unique name. you're probably the only one with it, are you? Do you know?
1: as far as I know, I am um where did that come because from because it- um, it's, a, it's a slight modification of a Pali word, which is uh, from Burma. Um, it's Buddhist. It's mm-hmm. from the original school of Buddhism, and it's the title of a book. Um, and my godmother is a pretty renowned teacher. She was one of the she was the first uh, person to bring uh, Vipassana retreats to women in the states cut a long, long time ago, so before this was all very, very well-known mainstream words like karma and dharma and right. all that, uh, so uh, this, is, this was back in the day in Hollywood, and...
0: Uh, the good days of Hollywood,
1: right? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. Um, anyway, so she named me, She, um, okay. I'm, my, I'm my, my parents' and my dad's uh, first child, and she, um, she was my dad's teacher, and um, she, came, she had a moment of inspiration, uh, as the story goes, and um, wanted to name me this name, kind of considered a blessing.
0: That well, certainly uh. works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems to have connected. <laughs> I, I do think there's a lot to be said about a name and how that makes a person or assists in making a person.
1: It seems, too. Names definitely have power. I'm into names and words, obviously. And changing the name of the project seemed to have a major impact and was an important stage. And, like, I think... uh, Growing up, everybody called me Selena. Most people still call me Selena. That's Mm. just my daily name. So (laughs) I feel like I really had to grow into that name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It took a long time for me to feel like really totally confident, kind of owning it and calling myself that. didn't really feel like um, I wasn't used to it as my name right. for a long time. Yeah. That's, that's kind of
0: where we started to more so get to know each other because we interviewed you for 4Culture. And then shortly after that, may not have been too short or, or not, but after that you uh, seemed to be starting to think about changing the name and that process that transition seemed to be was it a difficult one
1: yeah it was interesting um cuz the name thing came up a lot when i was doing the interview for you guys for for culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that ke- kept coming up within the the responses and i didn't really think about it cuz at that time as far as i knew i wasn't thinking about changing the name at all right. so that was kind of surprising later that that had happened. And really, it was kind of a split second moment. Um, we had gone. My husband and I had gone to a local club uh, that we know in this area. I think I was taking some photography for the band. And we got in the car and we were talking about something, and Rob said something about just using my name and in regards to music, and I'm not even sure what he said and he doesn't even remember what he said. But in that moment, I my brain just clicked and I was like, Absolutely, that's what I need to do. I'm just I need to just I'm done with uh with that name, with that phase. It's changing, it's too difficult to try to explain or make sense of it, so I'm just going to simplify. I was really into simplifying my life at that point. So, it was like, anything that's a problem or a distraction or making things more difficult, just, it's done. So, um, I just immediately started changing the name. Like, no, it was just... It was just that was it was just that moment of mm-hmm. truth, I guess. So I did that and in a way it's full circle because I did start out just as Ada Selena and then the band came aboard and we were Ada Selena and the Seraphim Rising. And then the band came became more of a band and so it just became the Seraphim Rising. And now it's back to the beginning As Ada Selena, so who knows what could happen next, really. We always
0: seem to come back to where we started, but better than ever. <laughs>
1: It's exactly. So I do think it was a, a strong completion and a, a very powerful growing period that happened with that phase, um, that is definitely totally foundational to everything that, um, continuing to produce, um, So I don't feel like it's a real significant jumping of track or changing of direction, just kind of, you know, entering into some, a different part, maybe before we were in the desert, now we're in the forest. I don't know, a change of scenery, I guess.
0: (laughs) And and that that brings me to another big question. What kind of path do you think you're on? What is, what is your journey, your, your goal right now? Because I know that's always changing too.
1: Yeah, well, definitely the, the details of the path change quite a bit. I'd say overall, though, um, my path has has always been um, one of awareness. And so just being uh, an experience, um, just uh, really uh, going in and looking at whatever happens to be really interesting at a given time. Um sort of seeing all experiences as being also equal, I guess. Mm. No matter what. Mm. Yeah. What pr- and that's a practice cuz that's not that's not just a habit. No. That's like, well, that, you That know. takes practice for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's my practice is okay. just having experiences and being authentic and honest. Mm. So, you know, music was really hard for me to to commit to. Um, it was kind of scary. So, um, but I really had felt it it, it. it would be too hard not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, as hard as it is to do it and to choose that path, it would be even harder not to. So because it it would just not be authentic. Right. So um,
0: well, everything is try. very. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh, just yeah, trying to um, actually show up for what seems to be what i'm supposed to do instead of trying to fight against it or control my life you right. know trying to just accept the way it seems like it's it wants to go not fighting myself
0: and music i mean while everything is you know an equal experience but music itself the production of it seems to be and this might just be because i don't do it but it seems to be one of the more complicated processes i mean putting it all together uh, how how do you do you Produce most of everything I mean as far as putting all vocals and music together um, in, in a recording or do you do the studio digital what is your preferred method uh,
1: well I always collaborate with someone um, I know I know a lot about uh, studio production and I definitely direct and influence all of that but I don't do my own mixing and um or engineering you know on that level i always have somebody doing that work and i've always worked in in studios um so i do like demoing and stuff on my own but i usually am going to somebody else's studio and collaborating with them on the recording and also having other people produce with me um And so I'm always behind the scenes, like arranging everything, you know, picking the people that I collaborate with, putting the whole vision together. I'm definitely the architect, Mm -hmm. Um, but I really believe in, in teams. Um, and everybody contributing. I like people to do, in the actual recording process, I like people to do as few roles as possible. Mm -hmm. I like everybody Uh to be, you know, I like it if there's a producer, a mixer, a studio engineer, the artist, you know, where everybody can really fully um, be in their role as much as possible without too much multitasking. So, of course, it bleeds over, you know. it's Mm -hmm. There's never any, like, super clear delineation between all of it but um, I think it is nice to really, I respect all of those roles a lot and they each bring something very important so I also am in awe of people who are true solo producers and and just do all that themselves brilliantly but (laughs) I'm not that person (laughs) so um, I guess I'm a little more classical in, in terms of music production I like to use live instrument recording as well as electronic stuff. But I really like live. live music recording has really been what I've done a lot, you know, live instruments in the studio. And you really need more hands for that. That's really right. intense to try to do that by yourself. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, yeah we gotta give, give a lot of uh, props to those people who do it themselves. But uh, yeah. you know, that's good for them. But also we still need this, the, the collaboration, the, the in-studio live, lots of hands, Lots of hands are
1: good. Yeah. I love that. There's to me that's like such a special experience. That's a really intense experience. And when you're in the studio working with people that you really connect well with, like that is a really uh phenomenal experience for me. So I love it. Okay. <laughs> I could do it all the time. <laughs> kind yeah. of, you
0: know, it's the definition of, you know, the music as we should think of it, you know, it's always a collaboration and it, it brings people together, brings people together, listening to it as well as making it. And we've had yeah. a lot of people on the show who have done it solo, like every, every instrument, every vocal, which is great. But then there's also something to be said about that, uh, you know, holding hands combination.
1: Yeah. Thing. yeah. I really like working with people. Um, That's one of, that's a, such an important part to the whole experience for me is the people that I meet and work with and learn from and go through experiences with. Um, uh, my old partner said I was a very process-oriented artist, and I think I was thinking who couldn't be? I mean, that's just kind of fundamental. You have to be. <laughs> but uh, but I do, I think, uh, love that part. I get very emotionally bonded with the process and the people and the experience so
0: and and it's said that you take art very seriously it's more than mere entertainment, <laughs> and this is that is a good statement when I heard that
1: yeah i do take i do take art and life in general i do take things very seriously <laughs> I can relate
0: to this. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's not just and, and that's what kind of broke that wall for me was when I saw it as more than entertainment. It was you know, this is this is serious business.
1: It's just Yes, serious. it is it and is serious. Kind of like
0: life. Life is very serious. Because yeah. it's it's all we've got.
1: Yeah, it is. That's definitely I have a strong connection to that and um which makes me also appreciate entertainment. I feel like entertainment is based on that understanding. Like, if you remove that understanding, the entertainment is meaningless. It's not that entertainment period is meaningless at all. But entertainment that doesn't have that underlying foundation of seriousness it's just isn't real. as good. It's got to be Yeah. Real. Yeah, it's just missing the the boat on a certain level I think it's escapism instead of embracing reality I
0: mean that's kind of what the uh, you know commercial landscape has painted is this it's so developed and and massaged into what they think people want and I'm far more entertained by things that are put out by people that you know they're doing what they want to do and it just so happens to strike a chord within us that's true entertainment
1: mm-hmm.
0: not this uh yeah produced you know to death stuff
1: well, yeah i think it yeah very uh very um contrived i think it's the word yes uh, that was <laughs> <is> the word <laughs> yes well that's always been a goal within my art that was also a strong goal within photography also um which is where i actually got that word from was from one of my photography partners back in the day um the whole point of our work was not being contrived to have some create again that spark of authenticity within a picture um that wasn't just this set of poses and light and just all these elements you know that you had to bring it to life so um yeah, yeah, very Frankenstein-y kind of process, really, art is. You know.
0: <laughs> I love Frankenstein processes, yes. <laughs> At the bottom of your website, it says, Take the Dream. I really like uh, that. Yeah. Where, where, where is that? Where, where did that come from? Was that yours?
1: Uh, no, no, I did steal that one. It's all right. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And I'm happy to give full credit for where I took it from because uh they were a big influence on me. But that's from uh the fields of the Nephilim. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. Uh so it's uh from I think the Elysium album. Mm. And uh that's there's a song that says it says it a lot, take the dream, um, and is talking about that journey, um sort of uh that other world journey, I guess. Uh it's very hard to describe. That's why we write poetry about it. Right. Um, <laughs> uh take the dream. But yeah, uh the one of the lines is so afraid to take the dream. And um and I think that, and I've always used the the dream's always been a word that I use a lot and a metaphor. So you know, when I when I hear other artists that I feel like are talking about the same thing that I've been talking about, of course, it really resonates. And so that was my commitment to take the dream.
0: <laughs> you've got to take <laughs> it because there's, there's no <laughs> there's no going with it. There's no you know it's there it's there for you to go with but you you have yeah. to actually get off your ass and uh take it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to, to be quite frank. <laughs> there.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, I've been very as as I'm a very Amer- I'm a very American girl. <laughs> and um been very much obsessed with the American dream concept mm. since I was a kid and um So the idea of dreams and reality and all of that has been a huge part of my life since I was really young um, and trying to understand what those were and how they related to each other. So I think the idea, one of the problems with the dream concept on many levels is people think they know what it is. You know, um, but that's the whole thing is you have to realize you don't know what your dream is. You might think you know what your dream is, but you don't really know what your dream is. So when you take the dream, you really have to be led Mm. on that path and you have to surrender quite a bit.
0: It's all about the the waves of the universe. And I think people are terrified of going with that flow and the waves.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: What yeah. do you think? They should of, go to Hawaii
1: uh, and swim with the turtles. You have to swim oh. with the turtles. That's oh. how you learn.
0: I want to swim with the turtles.
1: <laughs> the turtles know everything you need to know. Trust me. You swim with the turtles. It's the it's the secret of life. <laughs> I think
0: if we take any advice from this show, it'll be swim with the turtles.
1: <laughs> yes, swimming with the turtles is my recommendation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? What do you think of the American dream today compared to that of yesterday?
1: Mm. Well, I think we're definitely getting what uh, we might call a wake-up call. Um, I think the American dream has always been a fantasy it's been sort of a branding experience um i think it's i think it's time that we all have to wake up to kind of what the real dream is i think we've been kind of fed this very superficial story this fantasy dream that then we're all somehow obligated to make it real and i think it's got to change i think it's time to um to recognize that there are some real authentic experiences within this concept of the American dream um, that could be much more powerful and good for everybody if we really acknowledged who we are as a culture and really started teaching our, our real history and being a lot more honest, um, I think that we would really find we have a, a whole different level of strength on that's very different than how. America's been branded in, in the past and the present.
0: I think, yeah, what we're looking at is a very devastating reality or or truth, but yet, you know, hard to swallow, but I think easy to overcome if we just got there and learned our strength and how to process it. And, and you know, all of these things that we've surrounded ourselves with, you know, accepting the... uh Accepting how they're not really what we need to be doing right now, as far as... I think instantly to the internet and social media that it's just kind of wrapped people in into this structured puzzle box, and they can't get out. Yeah. It's just very... It's very bizarre where we are.
1: <laughs> it's an extreme time. Yeah, it's a very extreme time. And I, I think absolutely... Um, there's a certain, I feel like there's a certain collective grieving that needs to happen that everybody's really trying to avoid, understandably, because grief is very painful. And people are already pushed so far that, you know, they're kind of at a breaking point. A lot of the, you know, really close to a breaking point, a lot of people are. So, you know, people are really trying to hold back from that breaking point. But I kind of think we need to, to hit that breaking point. It's just you can't if it's if it's on the horizon there's no point in avoiding it it's going to happen sooner or later and better to face it on your own terms than than kind of have it take you over and um i do think we need we have a lot to to face up to that's not all just like woohoo let's go buy some shit and party and get high and you know Which is, I'm not knocking that. That could be a part of reality. It just can't be the whole thing, you know? We have to have some balance.
0: I think that's what people miss, is there can be balance. You can go out, buy some shit and party. But at the same time, you know, wake up in the morning and uh, take a walk and appreciate things and, uh, you know, face reality.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But we can still have fun. Indeed. And we can still still listen to this fabulous music and all of this, this amazing creation. Are you creating more I know you you had recently released some some stuff with under your solo project yeah and I'm sure you're always constantly creating knowing you as we do
1: (laughs) yes lots of lots of stuff in the works right now Um, mainly getting ready for my shows that are coming up in about a month and And I just put together a new band. Uh, We've been rehearsing a lot. That's going really well. I'm very excited for these shows. So uh, that's been kind of my main focus since releasing my single. And um, uh, we'll be in San Jose, like I said, at the end of September. And then we go down to Southern California to the Desert Stars Music Festival in Joshua Tree, which is, yeah, really, I'm very, (laughs)
0: it's going to be really cool. Yes, it is. When is that?
1: October third and fourth. I'm performing on October third. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, really going to be a great event in the desert. Uh, totally indie music festival, and in um, Pioneer Town. And there's going to be, I think, three stages, um, some amazing DJs, tons of live bands, though. It's a live music festival. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty epic. So, yeah, really excited to have have this (laughs) opportunity placed in front of me and um so just been really focusing on getting ready for that our set is going to be great there's we're playing some some old tunes uh, from the seraphim rising and then we're also playing some tunes that have never actually been performed live on a stage before so they've only been produced in the studio so uh that's very exciting
0: That is Um, severely exciting. Yeah. Where can we find your uh, schedule and and everything about you?
1: Best, uh, everything can be linked to from my website. So ataselina.com has all the tour dates to where to get tickets, links to all my social media. You can listen to music, watch videos. Um, You can contribute to my cause in any form that you feel inspired to do so.
0: <laughs> and, and see your ever-changing look.
1: Yeah, and hair. <laughs> yes, you can follow the ever-changing hair. Definitely, <laughs>
0: I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, it's fun. It's a. It's a good it, taking the dream. I, I recommend. It's as I say. It's not for the faint of heart, but um, it's got its. It's got its perks. <laughs>
0: I'd say so, and, and you certainly are taking it and riding the waves and talking to the turtles.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's such a beautiful imagery.
0: Have you, I, I take it you have swam with the turtles.
1: I have, yes. Um, yeah, in uh, Hanama Bay in uh, Oahu. Okay uh yeah you go snorkeling with those turtles and you know you you're you've got the coral reefs all around and the waves are pushing you and you're like you keep thinking you're trying to like swim and tell yourself where to go and it's a little intense and then you just see these turtles just like cruising by you super chilled out just so (laughs) peaceful and then you stop moving and you just like float there with the turtle and just let the current carry you and it's totally the the whole intensity of the ocean completely changes total 180 and it becomes totally calm and peaceful and just serene and so yeah just floating with the turtles i that's what i think about anytime i start to get really stressed out or i do um you know get anxious about something or start to get really attached to frustrated and i'm just like nope turtle turtle (laughs) (laughs) That's really. That that works.
0: That really is the key. (laughs) Well, I I really thank you for joining us uh, in this very intense and and confusing time in in our world and lives.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: You you have been very enlightening, and I I recommend everyone must listen to you and go see you and swim with turtles.
1: Yes, exactly. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate your support and getting to know you and everybody at 4Culture. You guys do a wonderful, wonderful thing with your magazine and your radio shows and and everything that you do. I really appreciate it also. And we
0: shall continue to do that and uh, blog about you whenever possible. So keep us updated <laughs> and keep in touch. Thank you. Alright. That was the fabulous Atta Selena which you can find more at Atastalina.com That's A-T-T-A-S-A-L-I-N-A I I am the Artist D and you've been listening to The Fabulous D Show. Good night and I'll see you on 4Culture.